Multiple Myeloma Hub Podcasts, brought to you by Scientific Education Support. Hello and welcome to the Multiple Myeloma Hub Podcast. Today we'll be hearing from Jacob Laubach from Dana-Farber Cancer Institute in Boston, US, and Peter Voorhees of Levine Cancer Institute in Charlotte, US. Good morning. I'm Jacob Laubach. I'm the clinical director of the Multiple Myeloma Program at the Dana-Farber Cancer Institute, and I'll be discussing with you today uh, uh, results of um, the Griffin trial with um, uh, an updated analysis after 24 months of maintenance therapy. The Griffin trial was a randomized phase two uh, clinical trial in which transplant eligible patients with newly diagnosed multiple myeloma were randomized one-to-one to receive either standard RVD induction therapy or RVD plus daratumumab. Patients received four cycles of induction therapy, followed by a single autologous stem cell transplantation, and thereafter two cycles of consolidation with either RVD or daratumumab plus RVD, followed by maintenance with either daratumumab and lenalidomide or lenalidomide alone. The primary endpoint of the study was the stringent complete response rate after consolidation, and secondary endpoints included MRD negativity, overall response rate, very good partial response rate, and complete response rate. This uh, particular analysis was conducted after two years of maintenance therapy. The study demonstrated that with ongoing maintenance therapy, two years of maintenance therapy, that stringent complete response rate continued to improve with the addition of daratumumab. The stringent complete response rate uh, was 82% among patients who received daratumumab and 61% among patients who received Revlimid alone as maintenance therapy after two years of maintenance. The study also demonstrated that MRD negativity rates continued to improve with longer periods of maintenance therapy extending to two years. The MRD negativity rate after two years of maintenance therapy was 64% among patients who received daratumumab plus lenalidomide and 30% among patients who received lenalidomide maintenance alone after two years of maintenance therapy. The study also demonstrated that the rate of MRD negativity at a sensitivity of 10 to the minus sixth continued to improve over time. The rate of MRD negativity after two years of maintenance therapy at a sensitivity of 10 to the minus sixth was 36% among patients who received daratumumab plus lenalidomide and 15% among those who received lenalidomide maintenance alone. Also importantly, it was noted that the rate of MRD negativity at 10 to the minus six sensitivity improved between one year and two years of maintenance therapy from 21% to 36%, whereas the rate of MRD negativity among patients receiving lenalidomide maintenance alone was roughly equivalent after one and two years of maintenance at 13 and 15% respectively.
The addition of daratumumab to maintenance was also associated with higher rates of sustained MRD negativity, both at six months and at 12 months. 44% of patients who received daratumumab and lenalidomide as maintenance therapy had sustained MRD negativity of 12 months or greater versus 13% among patients receiving lenalidomide alone as maintenance therapy. It's also important to point out that in the study, patients who achieved this level of sustained MRD negativity lasting 12 months or more did not experience disease progression. The benefit of the addition of daratumumab to lenalidomide as maintenance therapy applied across all subgroups analyzed in the study. And these improvements in depth of response as measured by stringent complete response rate, and in particular by MRD negativity rates, translated into an improvement in three-year progression-free survival, which was 89% among patients in the DRBD arm versus 81% in patients who re received RVD followed by lenalidomide maintenance in the post-transplant setting. The three-year overall survival rate is roughly equivalent at this time. In terms of toxicity data, the addition of daratumumab to RVD induction consolidation and maintenance therapy was associated with modest increase in hematologic toxicity, but the combination of daratumumab RVD, as has been shown in previous studies, was well tolerated on the whole. There were uh, very few uh, increases in terms of high-grade toxicities, and the rate of treatment discontinuation related to toxicities was roughly equivalent in the two arms. With these results, showing improvement in depth of response as measured by stringent complete response and MRD negativity rates at both one and two years post-transplant and diverging progression-free survival curves uh, showing an 89% PFS rate at three years of follow-up. DRBD induction for transplant eligible patients followed by consolidation and lenalidomide plus daratumumab maintenance can be considered a favored treatment regimen for patients with newly diagnosed transplant eligible disease. With that, I'd like to hand it over to my colleague, uh, Dr. Voorhees, the senior author of the study, to discuss these results further and put them in context of other studies presented uh, at the meeting and uh, the overall impact of this study on the field as a whole. Thank you, Jacob. Uh, my name is uh, Peter Voorhees, and I'm the chief of the Plasma Cell Disorder Division at Levine Cancer Institute in Charlotte, North Carolina. I think it's safe to say uh, that the combination of daratumumab, lenalidomide, bortezomib, and dexamethasone now represents a new important standard of care for newly diagnosed transplant-eligible multiple myeloma patients in the United States. I think that the big question that we get asked is to what extent is this improvement in depth of response and the signal towards improved progression-free survival due to the incorporation of daratumumab into the induction and post-transplant consolidation 
components of therapy uh, versus the maintenance uh, piece of it. And with that, you know, I think it's important to realize that by the end of consolidation therapy, not only was the stringent CR rate improved in the daratumumab arm, but the MRD negative rates were 50% at that point in the quadruplet arm versus 20% in the triplet arm. So there's absolutely no question that the incorporation of daratumumab into induction and post-transplant consolidation improves depth of response. Now, the Cassiopeia trial was a similarly designed phase three study that was performed in Europe, looking at the incorporation of daratumumab into the bortezomib thalidomide dexamethasone backbone for patients with transplant eligible multiple myeloma. And what they had shown in that particular trial is that the incorporation of daratumumab into frontline therapy similarly improved depth of response, which ultimately translated into an improvement in progression-free survival. Now, an important difference between the Cassiopeia trial and the Griffin trial is that the Cassiopeia trial had a second randomization built into it after post-transplant consolidation. So at that point in the Cassiopeia trial, patients were randomized to either receiving no maintenance therapy versus daratumumab monotherapy as maintenance once every eight weeks for a total of two years. Now, interestingly, what they found with that second randomization is as long as you got daratumumab, you know, you did well from a progression-free survival standpoint. So in other words, if you got no daratumumab, either in induction and post-transplant consolidation and no daratumumab in maintenance therapy, your progression-free survival was inferior to the other three groups. However, for the other three groups, as long as you got daratumumab, whether it was in induction and consolidation or maintenance or both, you did equally well from a progression-free survival standpoint. So this raises the question, you know, what is the benefit of continuing the daratumumab uh, post-consolidation therapy in the context of Griffin-like therapy? And I think it's uh, important to, to recognize that, you know, to some extent, this is a comparison of apples to oranges. So again, in Cassiopeia, it was a randomization of maintenance, daratumumab as monotherapy versus no maintenance therapy whatsoever versus in Griffin, patients that were in the control arm received lenalidomide, um, and those uh, in the experimental arm received daratumumab and lenalidomide. We do know that there is synergy between the immunomodulatory agents, as well as the CD38 antibodies. So it is conceivable that while there wasn't uh, a cl clear improvement in progression-free survival for those that got daratumumab maintenance in the Cassiopeia trial, as long as they had gotten daratumumab as part of induction consolidation, you know, I think that you know, we could potentially see a difference in the, in the Griffin trial. I think it's important to recognize that the rate of MRD negativity at 10 to the minus six really jumped quite a bit from the end of one year of maintenance therapy to the end of two years of maintenance therapy in the daratumumab arm from 21 to 36% respectively Whereas in the uh, control arm, you know, the rates of MRD negativity at 10 to the minus six only increased from 13% to 15%. So you cannot completely rule out a delayed effect of daratumumab and induction consolidation to explain that result. But it is suggestive that, that the ongoing use of daratumumab and maintenance therapy uh, may uh, continue to improve depth of response and progression-free survival. 
There's a couple of important ongoing studies that I think will settle the debate once and for all. Uh, there is a GMMG trial, which is looking at the incorporation of the other CD38 monoclonal antibody, esotuximab, in the context of lenalidomide, bortezomib, and dexamethasone therapy in transplant-eligible patients. This study, just like Cassiopeia, has a secondary randomization. After transplant, randomizing patients to either lenalidomide monotherapy or esotuximab plus lenalidomide. Um, and I think that that'll be a very important result. We also have the ongoing uh, SWOG-1803 study in the United States, which is a maintenance trial looking at daratumumab and lenalidomide versus lenalidomide for patients who've been through transplant therapy. There will be some patients in that trial that have received daratumumab as part of frontline therapy. So we'll be able to better uh, glean the additional impact of daratumumab maintenance for those patients that had received daratumumab as part of frontline treatment. Thank you very much uh, for uh, listening to us today and have a terrific day. Thank you for listening to the Multiple Myeloma Hub podcast. We would also like to thank our supporters, Pfizer, Sanofi, AbbVie, Bristol-Myers Squibb, Genentech, GSK, Roche, Amgen, and Oncopeptides. Multiple Myeloma Hub podcasts. Brought to you by Scientific Education Support.